Welcome to the Dare to Scale show with me, Varsha. And me, Evan. So what is Dare to Scale? Over the years that we've been coaching founders and business owners, much like yourselves, we work through a framework called Dare to Scale. Dare to Scale, indeed. That framework has helped loads of business owners, and that is what this show is all about. So, put on your big picture thinking hat. Oh, and your headphones. And come join us and enjoy the ride. Hey, glad you joined us today. Hi, glad to have you with us. Wonderful show for you today. Um, I think it's a wonderful show. It's a wonderful topic. Let me say it like this. It's one of the critical topics. Yes. Somewhat dry, though. Somewhat dry, though. Mm. So, yes, I'm looking forward to this. I'm sure you are. Uh-huh. So, okay, let's sort of set the scene. Okay. At some point, a little while back, you were giving some advice. Yeah. Right? And what you were talking about, how do you drive a car or something? Ah, yes. Driving a car. So, Evan, you drive a car, right? I do indeed. Okay. When you sit down to drive a car, mm. what do you see around you? The steering wheel, obviously the controls, the gear stick. Windscreen, yeah. so know, mirrors and stuff. You have this big windscreen in front of you, yep. yes? Yeah. Okay. What else do you have? I told you, rear view mirror. Ah, uh, rear view mirror. And you have the wing mirrors. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So when you sit down to drive a car, where do you look? In front. In front. Yay. Great answer. Mm. So that big windscreen is so big and clear, hopefully clean, because... It gives you a clear view of what's ahead of you. Yes. What you're driving into, Mm -hmm. or hopefully not into, the clear road that you're driving on. The road ahead, yeah. The road ahead. So, what is the point of the rear view mirror? To see behind you. To see behind you. Mm. So, what's the point of the wing mirrors? Same again. Same again. And if you look at the comparative sizes of the rear view mirror and the windscreen, Mm -hmm. what do you note? The windscreen is massive to give you a full, maybe not 180, but nearly 180 view of the road ahead. And the rear view mirror is much, much smaller because that mirror is to be used only as guidance, isn't it? Just to make sure that there's nobody too close to you, no Mm -hmm. no one's going to crash into you, Mm -hmm. or just to make sure that if you want to change lanes, to make sure that you're not caught unawares by, by what's behind you. Yep. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And when you drive a car, where do you look most of the times? In front, straight. In front. Nearly, hopefully about 90% of the time, you're looking ahead. That's true. Yeah? Now, when you are running a business, Mm -hmm. or just as your life, Mm -hmm. if you will, and I think that's when you heard me talk about this, because it was very much in that life context, where how do we lead our lives Do we lead our lives looking ahead or do we sit facing the wrong way around in the car and we drive forward but looking back? Because that's mostly how we lead our lives, by living today and planning tomorrow by always looking at yesterday. But look, at least you did say you're driving forwards, right? So at least you're you're in reverse, looking looking backwards and going backwards. So at least you're heading forwards. I think that's what I was talking about in the context of how do you lead your life? Do you lead your life always looking at what happened in the past or are you saying what's ahead of me and what can I do today to make tomorrow great? 
which leads us wonderfully mm. into the subject of KPIs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, okay, if you say so. So the point there is <laughs> dashboard, right? Yes, dashboard. When you're running your business, you would have systems, you record you know, revenues and costs and profit and all that sort of stuff. And essentially what we're saying is the rearview mirror is your financials from the past. All, yeah. Okay, so not just financials, metrics, but your historical but, but, but record. stuff that's behind you. Yeah, something that reports what has already happened. Absolutely. So you can infer some things from that. Yeah. But the thing there is it doesn't always help you necessarily predict what is going to happen. Yeah. And those backward-looking indicators or mm -hmm. those KPIs are lagging indicators. Yeah. So things have already happened and you might be able to work out a trend based on things that have actually happened. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't always help you look forward. So when you're driving your car, you really want to be looking forward. By all means, have a look in the rearview mirror. Okay, that, great. There's nothing there that's a concern. Yeah. But you want to be looking forward. And that's where you need forward-looking indicators, right? And basically, it's a leading indicator. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, that's things like, you know, business on the books, yeah. how you're trending with business on the books at the beginning of the month and as you're planning the month itself and getting those measurements. Mm -hmm. And as the month is or the quarter is going, as you're going through the quarter, through progressing, the quarter. exactly, you can see where you are. You might have a budget number against that, but you can also have the same information from last year to see how you're how picking up. How the trends up. are picking yeah, Exactly. Up. So you, how you're picking up for that quarter and whether there's a good chance that you will actually meet budget or yeah. not, that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, I mean, okay, so KPIs, I mean, they are very dry, mm. um, but they are necessary in your business. So what are some of the examples of a KPI with finance? Okay, so what the, are some of the KPIs? So backward-looking ones, things like your gross operating profit, something like that. It's a percentage, right? Revenue over the net profit. Okay, great. If you're doing, you know, say twenty-five percent, that's a good number. If you're only doing five percent, not quite so good. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm. it gives you a, a fairly good feel for for how profitable the business is. Mm. But when you start throwing in non-financial metrics as well, so hospitality game, for example, you have a static number of rooms. Mm -hmm. And you have revenue that's coming for those rooms. So you have revenue per room or per room occupied or revenue per available room. And again, those, because they contrasted against non-financial metrics, yeah. it gives you a very good feel for other parts of the business. That It could be revenue per employee. Fabulous. It could be a number of hours work, that kind of thing. Fabulous. So it's other bits of the business and you're linking them to financial yeah. sort of pieces. And it gives you an idea totally. of, of how the different ratios within the business are working nice before i go deeper into those examples you said something mm. revenue per employee mm. i think that'll be a great topic to address in one of the later discussions absolutely because during as a gazelles coach we worked with a fabulous tool called labor efficiency ratio mm -hmm. and i know that has helped a lot of people i coach a great deal in seeing how productive are their employees and what each role actually brings in and what it does take into account is things like your non-operational team. Yep. So it's your total headcount. It's your total headcount. This takes into account the fixed costs. Yeah. So it's very so interesting. We will have a separate discussion about that. So what are some of the examples of leading and lagging in HR, for example? Leading indicators. Manpower planning. Well, there's definitely manpower planning. There's your churn rate, but that's an historical that's one. That's a historical one. So that's your lagging one. Yeah. So it's your retention kind of space. There's yeah. the training that is going into, nice. into the team. So you keeping up with your brand standards, that kind yeah. of stuff. 
And of course, there are different ways you can use these KPIs. So like a balanced scorecard is mm. a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. You'll have financial metrics, you'll have HR metrics, you'll yeah. have you know, brand standards. Brand standards. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, In a high-risk industry, maybe risk assessment. Yeah. Not risk assessment like that, but safety measures. And safety measures. Exactly. So in construction, you have accidents that have happened, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, so all of those things come together. And yeah. particularly with a balanced scorecard and, you know, you have an operational team where you're incentivizing them, mm-hmm. it's not just about meeting profit. Yeah. And it sort of starts lending itself towards corporate social responsibility and those sort of things. So it's yeah. a bigger picture, but you get all of these measures together and it gives you a picture of your business. Yeah. And ultimate to that, and we talked about strategy once before, yeah. um, but you would like to have one thing that matters. And again, we can talk about that a little bit later. So one of the examples that comes to mind, and this is fresh in my mind because I was recently having a conversation about this in one of my sessions, is how do most companies track sales? Most companies, well, hopefully not too many companies out there, but mm. most companies track sales as a historical event. When I say historical, they track it as, so the month has ended, how did we perform last month? Mm -hmm. And not so much as a live meeting, literally every week, more often if, again, depending on your industry, but at least once a week. So really seeing where you want to go, again, goes back to that strategy. What is your North Star? What is your goal? What are those targets that you have set for the whole year? Mm -hmm. How are they broken down into quarters? If it's a seasonal um, scenario for your business, whether it's a seasonal quarter or a calendar quarter, and further broken down per month, per week, even. Indeed. And really seeing how are you, are you meeting your targets at that live level? And what then needs to happen to meet that quarter by the end of the month. Exactly. And these days, if you're using a CRM, it's very a lot easy. of them, well, if it's well, set, easy a, if to it's set track. up properly, it's, it's easier properly. to track. So what totally. you're referencing now is the sales funnel. Yep. Right. So how many leads have you got and those sort of things. And that's a lot easier to track. Yep. In the older days, it was all manual and a lot more difficult. Yep. So now you have these. Again, you're right. These you like have the technology now to actually make this happen. and. It's like I go back to that driving that car again. Mm. So when you know what you have achieved so far, you also know which lever to pull or push to make sure that you reach that level. So when you're driving a car, if you know you need to reach somewhere um, point X by 6 p.m. and you're still dawdling at B, Mm. you know you got to step on it. And not get caught, of course. Not get no. caught, of course. But, but in just, terms of that, you need you to make need it. to make up for that. Exactly. And we know the logic. It's not rocket science. We know this. And that's how the entire travel industry so, is exactly. about. So you make up for time and you reach somewhere on time. Mm. And yet, we don't look at it like this in our business. No. Because so busy doing yes. sometimes. We're and we're not, not taking really strategic focusing. time kind of thing. Exactly. You know? To see where we are going. Yeah. Are we reaching there on time? I mean, hotels are funny. I just remember that in the operational sense, they had what they called morning prayers. There was always a morning briefing at pretty much nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You would have the previous day's results. They were added to the month to date. And with the month to date and the daily numbers, you could have a picture contrasted against budget mm. to see where you were sitting and basically what was on the books and would you actually make this month or not nice. kind of thing. So, I mean, why are KPIs important? Really, it's about when your performance is measured, mm. okay, your performance actually improves. Mm-hmm. 
And it's not about the total profit and loss or the balance sheet and that, those yeah. sort of all those financial kind of reports, which yeah. in a way quite heavy. Mm. I mean, they have their own place and they're important. But where you have a dashboard and you have a couple of key sort of indicators on there, right, when you're measuring those, your performance improves. Yeah. When you're contrasting against last year, last month budget, whatever it happens yep, to be. Yeah, you bet. But here's something that's really interesting, and this is part of Pearson's law. Okay. When performance is measured and reported back, Mm. and reported back, the rate of improvement accelerates. Oh, very nice. So it's actually really powerful. Very nice. And it's kind of that feedback on where you're at and how you're going. And yeah, maybe not a direct indicator of what could go better, but it gives you a place to focus. Yeah. So you can actually, like you say, you know what which lever or lever or... Lever. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I know, lever, lever. lever. It's not a lever. <laughs> It's like basil and basil. Basil and basil. No, excuse me, cilantro. cilantro. Anyway, never mind. Okay, we digress. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so it really is important to get that handle on your business so that you are, in fact, looking through the windscreen. The windscreen. And you're not driving, well, looking in the rear view mirror, sort of one hand on the steering wheel and you're half looking over your shoulder. No, no, no. Yeah. It's not about that at all. No. Right? It's definitely on the road, looking ahead, and traveling at speed. Yep. And being able to then adjust as you need to. Yeah. So really using the rear view mirror and the, and the side mirrors as reference points, mm. as guidance. Absolutely. And so should they be no more than that. Mm. Because what lies ahead is more important. What has happened is just a guide. That's true. That's true. And guide where you're learning from that and you're still moving ahead, guide not so much as that dictates what happens ahead of you. No, I, I could agree more. Yeah. Could not agree more. I want to add something else. And I know that is a topic in itself at some point. But what I want to add over here is you were talking about the one thing that matters. Hmm. Tell me a little bit about that first. Okay, so you want to try and make it as simple as possible. Mm. And ideally, we, we did speak about this where a one-pager with all your key bits and pieces, your focuses for the quarters, but the plan for the year, you know. So it's easily communicatable with the rest of the Communicable. team. Communicable. Communicable. Mm -hmm. That sounds interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, a one-page plan yep. with, with all the key sort of measures on it and the focus for a quarter or the year or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. and that is communicated with the team. Yeah. Right? At some point, there's one measure, and, you know, each business has their own particular measure that is important to them. Yeah. Um, good to great. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Collins was did a lot of research and CVS, the pharmacy in the US, yes. had several different measures they went through and it ended up being, if I remember rightly, it was the total footfall that came into a shop. Nice. That is actually what was important. Mm. I think I originally thought it was like revenue per customer or something, mm. but it was actually footfall. Okay. If they got the footfall, all the other bits and pieces would work. Yeah. You know, so once they were in the store, they would buy and yeah. their customers would do so their thing. So the layout of the store was designed in a way to encourage All that. those things, yeah. but it was about so, footfall. Yeah. That was the key thing. If the footfall wasn't there, they knew that nothing, you know, the revenues wouldn't be met and that sort of stuff. So it was really, really interesting. But for them, that was the one thing. Okay. I want to pick something else that you said. Mm. So the footfall was important mm. because when they know the footfall is what they would like it to be, mm. then everything else works. Yes. Which also means other metrics that they have, which might you be revenue bet. per customer or whatever. That's the one. Or their 
the, the total value of the sale that, that yep. each customer actually did. And then they could work out sort of how many people bought, how many people came mm-hmm. into the shop and work out those sort of mm-hmm. ratios, all those sort of things. Yep. But the one thing that would tell them whether it was going well or not was the number of customers, the number so of walk-ins, footfall. the footfall. Yeah. So on that, I also want to say, I want to give you another example. Go on. You played tug of war, right? Oh, absolutely. When you were in school or whatever. Yeah. yeah? It's the usual birthday party thing, that one. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is a tug of war? You have a big, thick rope. Big, thick rope, about you know, 10 people per team, whatever. Yeah. And you have the little flag and you have to get the flag past a certain point. But you drag the other team. Drag the other team. Mm-hmm. So the purpose of or rather the, the goal of that game mm-hmm. is to bring down the other team. So just to see who is more powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we keep the same concept, but change the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. And in business, you say you have one metric that matters. Mm-hmm. So that's important to have that one metric that matters. And what's of greater importance is to also have a balancing yet opposing, an opposing yet balancing metric that matters. I don't know what that means exactly. Okay. Can you give me an example? So let's say, for example, the one goal for this, this, the next two quarters is to increase sales by 50%. That yep. is the one metric that okay. you're measuring now. Super. That's what we're after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you're after. Who is keeping an eye on the balancing, opposing yet balancing metric, which is, do you have strong enough operations? Do you have a strong infrastructure to handle those 50% extra sales that are going to come in? I mean, that's a question you like to ask. I like to ask that question. If you had an order for half a million dirhams or dollars yep. or whatever the, the currency is, could you meet that order? Do you have enough capabilities built in to handle that order? So you want to increase sales by 50%. Yep. Is there the capability? Another one could be you're making the sales, but are you actually getting the cash? mm How are you funding that growth? Because you may have, if you're increasing sales, you may have taken on more team. You might have done this. That's the one. So you need to fund that. that. Who's paying for it? Very much so. Mm. So always have an opposing and a balancing metric. And this is also something that during the Gazelles coaching, we used very, very often. Because that was one of the operations tools that we used. Very powerful. It is very powerful. And that means you're looking through your, your windscreen with 2020 vision. That is true. And why that came about? Because it was very often that you observe. We know why that thought process is useful and important is because mostly when you say to founders in a coaching session or whatever, when you say to founders, so what is that goal that you're looking at? It's usually either more money, more profit, or more sales. Yeah, okay. Because in a business, which is usually firefighting, what is more important? What are they firefighting about? Were they either looking for more money or they're looking for more sales to bring in that more money? Mm-hmm. Very rarely, and when they're looking at this, there's very rarely somebody assigned to actually look at the opposing side. So what happens is that typical tug-of-war scenario. You start bringing in those more sales, then the sales team gets really, really annoyed at the rest of the team to say, well, I'm bringing in all those sales. Who's handling them? Mm. They're not being looked after. Exactly, exactly. So what are we doing about this? Or the finance team goes, well, great, you're bringing in the sales. We're delivering or sending out all these, emailing all these invoices. Who's actually collecting the cash? Who has that eye on the ball? 
So it's always, always useful. So me as a coach, for me, that's very important when I hear a critical number or that one metric that matters to come up as the minute somebody says cash or profit or sales, more sales, that is pinned to the whiteboard for a while, pinned to the corkboard for a while till we address the opposing issues or the opposing numbers and identify which is that opposing and balancing critical number. Very, very important. So while this could turn into another discussion, I thought it's useful right now to talk about this. When you're looking at those leading and lagging indicators, both the metrics need to have in their individual leading and lagging indicators. And they need to have exactly opposing metrics as well. And they need to have So it's about a holistic view of the business. Yep. Yeah. That's what it very, is. Very, very important. That's very what important. it is. Nice. So Evan. I like it. Yes. What are you asking our listeners to do with this information? That is a very good question. And it's actually a very simple one. So mm-hmm. do you find in your business, just go to the Facebook group and just tell us, are you using forward-looking or leading indicators mm-hmm. or are you focused on backward-looking lagging indicators? Mm-hmm. And if there was one that you could change in your business, what would it be? Oh, very nice. I like that one because that gives them a way forward. Yeah. And if you have the time, have you ever considered an opposing metric? Because mm-hmm. that was a very interesting thing that you brought up, Washa. And I would absolutely love to hear about this. Mm. And this is this in itself, when you guys who are listening to us, who have joined us today, when you open this conversation up with the members of your core team, the your next in line leadership team, mm. just watch how many different ideas that will come through because each department will bring up their critical number as the most important balancing one. And Indeed. that's a great way to actually department to get departments start talking to each other. And this ideally needs to come through in your weekly meetings as well. So open this conversation with your team and see what comes out. Indeed. And let us know how you go. Yes. Nice. Brilliant. So thank you very much for staying with us till the end. Absolutely. This has been an interesting topic. I think absolutely. It really is. It's knowing the the ins and outs of your business. That is true. If you don't got the information, you don't got no idea. Hold that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So hold that steering wheel firmly. Know where you're driving. Know where you're looking. Absolutely. And know which pedals to put your foot on Mm -hmm. and go for it. And drive safely. Drive safely. Have a wonderful, wonderful drive ahead. Indeed. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for joining us. Okay, bye. See ya. Bye. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for joining us and listening right to the end. Head on over to daretoscale.fm to subscribe and access show notes and transcriptions. Oh, also, did you know that we have a Facebook page for our podcast listeners? Come join the conversations at daretoscale.fm slash Facebook. Absolutely. Oh, and also remember to give us a five-star review so other entrepreneurs can find this podcast like you and get value to scale forward their business. Fabulous. We will see you at our next show. Bye for now. Bye.